Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen, as Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice. But God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. Today, my featured guest is Allison Franz, and Allison helps people who feel held back by grief and trauma completely break free so they can flourish and thrive in every, every area of their life. That means you. We all have struggles. We all have trauma. We're all wrestling with something. This is what Allison speaks to. So she's the founder of the Grief Cure Method book, which is a unique and powerful way to heal deeply from grief and loss. And she trains and helps other professionals in this method as well. Her work is based on what she has learned on her own personal journey of healing and from grief and trauma in her own life. She's the best-selling author of The Grief Cure, a revolutionary way to heal from loss and has been featured on several podcasts. And now she's on mine. Here we go. Allison, welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Thank you so much for having me. Um, so my personal journey is just pretty much what you said. You know, I got into this work, a lot of grief and a lot of trauma in my background. I was a therapist in my 20s and eventually got to the point where I was struggling with grief and I was struggling with trauma. And I didn't even know that's fully what it was. I knew I was dealing with grief because I just lost my dad who I was super close to, but there was a lot of trauma underneath that that hadn't been healed. And I thought it was, mm. but it really wasn't. You know, I like that. Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think so many times we'll look back on say a bad relationship gone wrong or, something else in our life that was very traumatic. And we're like, oh, it's done with, it's part of my past, but yet we're still emotionally, psychologically dragging it into our future relationships, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah, we take that, we store that pain in our subconscious. And if that doesn't shift in some way, we can be carrying that around and repeating the same patterns in other areas of our life, or maybe the same area of our life. All right, so BC Nation, Broken Catholic Nation, we're going to ask Allison, we're going to get deep into this conversation, mm -hmm. especially if you're going, in, you're going through trauma or grief right now and you feel stuck or paralyzed in it. And I, I really want to know, like I'm looking at my desktop uh, computer right now and I see that little icon on the, the home screen that's called Recycle Bin. And it's got all the trash in it and everything like that. And I can click a button and boof, it's empty. So how do we do that when our heart is filled with grief and trauma? How do we empty that recycle bin so that we have that open space to love again sometimes and to let new people in? 
So we're going to get into that conversation today. But, you know, I really wanted to get into this, Allison. I want to go back in the past, right? Because I, I think there's so many seeds uh, within our childhood experience that really help us find who we are and what's our purpose in this life. So take us back to those early days and you can start wherever you like, but where did you first experience um, a deep grieving or trauma in your life? And just kind of share that story in two to three minutes. Okay. Well, if I start at the very beginning, I, at a very young age, witnessed a lot of violence. My, um, there's a lot of violence in my family. My, uh, maternal grandfather was an alcoholic, and luckily my paternal my paternal grandparents, who I was with most of the time, were super loving to me and really great, and really um, undid a lot of what could have been more damage. Mm. However, you know, I was left in his care probably one or two times a month, and it was a very unpredictable situation. And um, he did sexually abuse me. At very, very young ages, I didn't even remember it until I was much older. He, um, on one occasion when I was very young, my father came to pick me up and he attacked my father with knives and my father had to beat him up. He was drunk, you know, and we left. However, you know, I really shouldn't have been left with someone, you know, of that background, you know, he was an active alcoholic. Um, but that was my mother's choice. She she ruled the roost in my um, in my house. My dad didn't have much of a say. I know he didn't like that I was left over there, but it really wasn't his choice. And you know she made the decisions, and it was her decision to keep him in her life. She and growing up, she did a lot of the same things that he did. You know she was very violent toward me and my father. You know it was very unpredictable. She has a lot of mental health issues, and you j I just didn't know what was going to be coming. There were a lot of days that were fine, and everything was wonderful. But out of the blue, I'd be fearing for my life. Mm, I get that so much. You know, it's like so many people suffer with uh, different forms of bipolar, uh, you know, where they just shift. Like they, and, and here's what I found in my own experiences uh, with people in my life that suffer from that they when they went dark so to speak the ugly came out the angry the rage hostility i mean it was to an extreme and then it would just go away and they go to the opposite extreme of just like one of the most amazing caring loving people you've ever met and it was just very interesting because you tend to love that person or that side of them but then it's like this dark demon comes out or something like that. And like, how did you um, heal through that? And, and at what age did, did you start to kind of let go of that trauma? Because that's a very traumatic, you know, situation, especially, you know, with sexual abuse and, you know, just all the violence around you growing up. Like, how did you start to heal and begin that healing process at what age too? Well, it's interesting because I didn't even know I needed to heal because when you grow up in this environment, it's just normal to you. Yeah. And you don't realize that other, that this is having an effect on you and that other people don't have to deal with this. Mm. You know, I can remember one thing that was a big eye opener for me was 
one day I had gotten a bad grade at school and I was going to have to get my paper signed. And I was sick over this. I was afraid. I was like, I am going to get the crap kicked out of me for this grade. Mm-hmm. And I, and I can remember being so, so nervous. And my friend had gotten the exact same bad grade. And I was like, you're not nervous. And she's like, no. And I said, you're not going to get in trouble. And she's like, no, my mom just tells me to do better when I get a bad grade. And that was like an eye opener for me. So later on, and I just went through life. However, however, everyone does. It's not like my mother was going to get me any help. She thought everything was normal too. And in my twenties though, when I was, you know, working as a therapist and, um, I was getting triggered. I was getting triggered particularly by my bosses. Um, When I would deal with someone who I had one particular boss who I would feel triggered by all the time because I felt like she didn't believe me. She would question what I was saying. She would really very invalidating to a Mm. lot of the things I would say. And she'd be like, well, how do you know that? And I'd be like, well, because of X, Y, Z. But you don't know that. But I do. It's because of X, Y, Z. You know, Mm. and it was kind of like, it kind of felt like head games almost, which was what I really grew up with was a lot of head games. Mm. Do you think like if you were looking back in retrospect right now, do you think that you attracted those types of people in your life because that was your normal? Yeah, well, I think God, the universe, whatever you believe your higher power is, I think that they like to, you know, it's meant to be brought to your attention. You know, when you trigger these things that need to heal, you actually might be motivated to heal them. If you just allow these issues to lie dormant, you're never going to get over them. So I, I feel like it's part of a divine curriculum that this comes into your life so that you can actually heal from it. A divine curriculum. I like that. It's like, yeah, I have a saying in, uh, you know, I spend an hour a day in quiet and silence with God, with my creator. And, uh, you know, I refer to it as the classroom of silence. And it's like, yeah, it's, I'm, you can gain so much just by sitting in God's presence and just learning, or as you say, divine curriculum. And sometimes, you know, we ask ourselves like, well, why is this repeating in my life? I went through that trauma when I was a kid. Why is this showing up again? Why am I being triggered? And these feelings that I thought were long gone are now coming out in me caused by someone else. And I think what I'm hearing you say is, well, that's because you haven't healed yet, right? And, and God is showing you, hey, I want you to heal so that you could be whole and complete again. Exactly. What shows up for you in that? Yeah, I needed to have all that roughed up in me. Mm. You know, what that led to was me feeling so terribly uncomfortable. And at the time, I had a a good friend who was also a therapist who was like a temporary roommate for me. And she was like, you're getting triggered. She's like, you're traumatized. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, like all your childhood stuff is coming up. That's why Mm. you're so worked up over your boss. And she's and I was like, okay, what do I do about it? You know? Exactly. Now and, I know I have a problem. That's step one. I have a problem. Acknowledge you have a problem. Then what? Yeah. And then she said, um, you need EMDR. Are you familiar with what EMDR is? 
so it's a type of therapy, eye movement desensitization reprocessing, that it's it's more in depth than just you know talk therapy. Mm -hmm. Like you should get EMDR because you know it's you need to not just talk about this problem. This is something that's deeper that you need to reprocess. And I did that. So I found a therapist who did that, and he also did energy work. And I did a little bit of everything. And I thought I was cured. I thought everything was great until my father died. And then everything reactivated. And it was like I had done no work at all. Mm. What age were you when your dad passed away? 29. 29. Guys, so this was years later. Was your mom still in the picture in your yeah, life? That was, that was part of what triggered this. Yeah. My mother, after my father passed, um, immediately she was just super mentally abusive. Mm. So um, she was probably going went, through her own grief. Yeah. And acting really irrationally and just, um, you know, did some super crazy things. Mm. You know, she, that new, my father died in October and I got a phone call on New Year's Eve in this, that December said, um, just letting you know for the new year, you're no longer my daughter. Um, I'm changing the locks. I'm putting an alarm on the house. Um, you know, I'm done with you. Mm. And to be honest, that was probably a relief at that point, but it was a heck of a way to, um, it was a heck of a message two months after my father had passed but it was probably for the best if that had happened at that time because it was a lot of abuse. She was really projecting what she was doing on me. Still hurts though, nonetheless, to be rejected by a parent. Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's no way around that. We're human. It hurts yeah. to be rejected by anyone, let alone the one that gave us life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Have you experienced healing with your mom yet? And I understand the situation and, you know, there's things going on emotionally that are off and all that. But mm -hmm. have you been able to open that door of forgiveness? I have forgiven her. And um, it's, it's a great thing. However, there's, you know, there's limitations in our relationship, mm -hmm. because she still lives in a very deep level of denial there's never been able to be any acknowledgement about anything that's ever happened. Mm. You know, she's um, very insistent that she was a lovely mother and made no mistakes. And, um, you know, I just had the best childhood of anyone she knows. So mm. it's kind of hard to work with that. I really get that. And, you know, there's so many people, including, you know, myself and others, it's like, the our worldview is through our own eyes, which means we have zero objectivity, like yeah. zero objectivity about mm -hmm. how we're showing up in the world. Mm -hmm. And the only totally way we agree. learn is by feedback from others. And sometimes it's being courageous enough to ask those that you love, hey, how am I showing up in the world? Like, and, and then to give them, and I give this uh, to some of my spiritual coaching clients as an exercise is like text uh, 10, 10 of your friends and give them permission to give you feedback on how you occur in the world. And then give them like, start them out. I suspect I occur as arrogant, obnoxious, and selfish. 
what else, you know, how else do I show up? Or do you agree with those things? And like, I really want you to contribute to me. Like this will help me to grow as a person because people don't want to offend you, right? They don't want to like say something that's going to hurt you. And I found this exercise is, is really powerful because um, people will, the few of your friends that really loving and care for you, they'll show up and they'll say like, hey, here's how you occur in the world. But until you have that, you don't have what's real. So there's nothing like to, to heal from, to work on or anything like that. What's showing up for you when I share that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's just a great point. You know, that's why there's a limitation in my relationship with my mother because she's not open to any feedback, you know, and she even sometimes expects me to validate her, you know, a sort of twisted viewpoints mm. to the point where it's a little bizarre. Like I've actually been at family functions where she's said something that was completely untrue. And then she comes up to me and goes, hey, remember that? Or, you know, that happened. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> wow. That's so tough. Like, That's really tough. It's like she believes, she really believes yeah. these things that she has in her mind. So Allison, I'd like to shift the conversation a little bit back to childhood and, and faith. Um, were you raised with any faith in the home, any religion, uh, denominations, anything like that? Was that present in your home? Was God spoken of or anything, let, even amongst all the abuse and trauma and all that? Well, it's very interesting because I was actually raised, quote unquote, Catholic. However, uh, however, there was no Christianity in my house at all. But I was forced to make all the sacraments. I went to catechism from age probably six to 15 or seven to 15. And I'm, you know, I did all the sacraments. And in fact, uh, when it was time to make my confirmation, when I was 15, I went to that first class and they said, just to let you know, this is a class for people who are really serious about being Catholic and, you know, really wanting to live this out in your life. So if you're not serious, you, you shouldn't be here. And if you are serious, you're in the right place. So don't keep coming if this isn't really what you want to do with yourself. So I went home and told my mother, I don't have to go back. And she was like, what? And I said, yeah, they said that this is for people who are like really serious and they're really into being Catholic and they really want to make the confirmation. She's like, I was like, and I don't want to do any of that. And she's like, oh no, you are going back. And I said, but they said, no, he, she goes, you are going back. And if you don't go back, you'll never get married. So I was like, okay. So I was forced to go back. Got it. So Allison, are you a broken Catholic like me? You could say that. I mean, I don't really identify as Catholic at all anymore, but. Well, if you I go went through the, the sacraments, church, girl. You cannot <laughs> do them. <laughs> they were. <laughs> it's kind well, of like already happened. Just like putting that out there, you know, it's kind of like trying to unhear something. You just can't <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so, wow. That's, you know, thank you for sharing that uh, with our audience today. And I, I know that many of my listeners can really resonate with that because I believe that we've gone through yeah. like two to three generations of forced uh, religion 
And when I say forced, it could be forced aggressively, like, you know, that experience you had, oh, you're doing it anyway, or you're not getting this, or you're not getting a roof over your head or, or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and then it can also be forced in a more, um, how do I want to say, passive aggressive way, where it's, uh, here's, here's what's expected of you. This is who we are, et cetera, et cetera. But then the parents not actually living the faith and being a good example of the faith in their own life. So they're telling you what to do, but they're not doing it themselves. So we've grown up in a lot of uh, two to three generations, I think of hypocrisy. And as children, children are brilliant at reading what's so <laughs> like seeing what's real and like looking right through your words and copying what you do. So if our parents didn't practice, like eventually we grow into adults who don't practice our faith. That's just what happens. And, and then the next generation happens and then the next generation. And it's the same way that, you know, that abuse is very generational. You know, your mom, right? Hey, that's her, her dad treated her and now she's passing it on. And it's just this, they call it sins of the father, you know, and it's just passed on for like seven generations. And nobody did anything wrong other than that first person that chose that first thing that now got passed down. And then you're an innocent little girl, Allison, born into that environment. And you didn't do anything wrong. You were innocent. And so many times we wrestle with that. And, and we, I think we want to like look up at God and say, if you're real and you're like God of love, why did I have to go through all that? Has that ever yeah. shown up for you? It totally did. It totally did. Um, big time, especially when I was really at, you know, rock bottom around the age of 30. Mm -hmm. I totally showed up for me. And um, I can Don't remember even as, even as a teenager, that question started to come up for me. But I think when it really came up hardcore was when I was um, around 30 and in my early 30s. And it, then it finally occurred to me by around 31, 32, I had started to um, really start walking a journey of transformation. Mm. I had started to do a lot of healing work in myself and um, really started to realizing that I had to shift a lot of things in my life and a lot of the way I just dealt with the world if I wanted to move forward. Mm. I was actually at a point where I was afraid that's quote unquote, something else bad might happen because I was, I felt so, I was so close to losing my mind. And it was at that point that I was really realizing that I had to totally turn things around and I had to figure out what it was going to take to really be able to deal with life. And that's when I decided, I was like, I want to be able to feel unshakable in the face of life and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. Mm. I think that's a great intention. It, it really is. It's beautiful. And I, I see many people that they take life on that way, right? And it's normally the people that went through severe trauma and they started with their life upside down and backwards and they didn't choose it because they were innocent kids, but they decided not to be a victim anymore. And once they had a, became an adult, they had a choice in the matter. And I know for me, I started to rely on my own strength and I would putting all this uh, personal development, self-improvement content. Tony Robbins was my dude. And, and I really just like started to retrain the brokenness in my, my own thinking and limiting beliefs that, you know, I was conditioned on me. 
um, you know, in childhood, but I, I ran out eventually. I ran out where it wasn't enough, like relying on my own strength and, and other humans to teach me and all that stuff. There was still something missing deep in my heart. And I, I had to sit with that. Like, why is there still something missing? Do you resonate with that? Yeah, I think that a big part of the missing piece for me and a lot of people is just trust. Being able to trust that everything's okay. Being mm. able to trust that everything is in divine order. Being able to trust I get that. That, that there's a purpose to whatever's going on in your life, even if it doesn't make sense to you. Yeah, and even if you started upside down and backwards, right? There's, mm -hmm. there's a plan for your life. So if you were being 100% transparent right now, Allison, mm -hmm. in what area of your life do you still struggle to trust in God? So I have really gotten strong in that area. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot that... Um, that I really struggle with anymore. However, one of the yeah, things, however. yeah, I like those. Give however, me that. I do have my moments where, you know, a, a moment here, a moment there where I do start to go, uh Oh, what about this? However, I, I redirect myself and Can I remind an myself. Example? So an example is that, um, you know, I just started um, some Facebook ads about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. And, you know, I thought I was thinking to myself before, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I haven't done this before. I have no idea what to expect. I'm investing a lot of money here. I hope this goes well, you know, and I'm thinking and I'm, I was so positive about it. And then all of a sudden, a couple of days before, I could feel some thoughts sinking in like, wait a minute. What if it doesn't go the way I'm expecting? Uh-oh, this could, this could be a disaster. This, something that I'm not expecting could slip in here. And then I, but I redirect myself and say, if it goes in a way that I'm not expecting, there will be a purpose to that. And I will see that, you know, I'll just have to be patient and really follow my intuition and really listen to what the universe is trying to tell me, how I'm being redirected. Mm. Got that. Yeah, it's so interesting how like you do everything that you know to be right in that situation, set up the campaigns, Facebook ads, and, and then you're like excited. You're like, let's see what happens. And mm -hmm. then you just sit with it for a little bit and your brain kicks in. And I say it all the time, your mind is a liar. Your heart mm -hmm. speaks the truth, right? And your mind starts showing up, hey, did you really think this through? <laughs> Are you sure it's going to work? What if it mm -hmm. doesn't work? Doomsday, doomsday equals death. Like, and, and all of a sudden, like this new opportunity or possibility you created to grow or expand what you're doing, the value in the world, and all of a sudden equals death. And all the feelings come with it and everything. And it's like, what the bleep? Like, this is how our mind works, BC Nation. Right? And it, I, I really think... First off, thank you for uh, sharing that vulnerability. Um, I th that's a real life example and it just happened. So it's relevant. And you speak about the universe. I speak about God, right? And 
You know, I just believe, I believe in the universe a hundred percent. I just believe God created it and there's <laughs> order and design to it. Right. But in the same laws and principles, law of attraction, all those have been created into the, the known universe. I just go one step past. So let me ask you this. Well, first off, BC Nation, we're speaking with Allison Franz. You can find her at ParadigmShiftRI.com. ParadigmShiftRI, for Rhode Island.com. And then uh, she's going to share um, her best-selling book and where you can go get that as well. Uh, we'll do that at the end of the show. But we're coming up on the end now. And there's so much more conversation I want to have with you, Allison. Um, around this. And I really just want to acknowledge you for being open, being transparent, and sharing some of the struggles you've been with, been through. And I know my listener right now is connecting with you. Maybe their struggle was identical. Maybe it was similar. Um, maybe their struggle was worse. You know, who knows? And that's not to diminish yours or anything like that. But man, you and I have heard, we've been in a room when people share like some whacked out stuff they've been through in childhood and I was like how are you still standing like how are you here like if I went through that I don't know if I'd still be here like just being real so this show BC Nation it, we're really speaking about you know just the healing and going through grief and what do you do with the grief so Alice I'm gonna give you an opportunity here in your book uh, you have four steps um, mm -hmm. to get through the grief process, right? The grief cure book. Um, go ahead and just give us the high levels. Obviously, we don't have time to discuss them all. And if uh, BC Nation wants to learn more, they could go get your book. But what are the four uh, steps to really cure the grief that maybe my listener is going through right now? Yeah, the book is about getting to the root causes of grief. And the four steps very briefly are C, consciously know and believe that you have the power to heal. You uh, use energy psychology to clear all of your losses because they sometimes are stored together. Sometimes you think you're dealing with one loss and you're actually dealing with multiple who, that are strung together subconsciously. Um, R is revitalize your self-love and spirituality. I actually believe that self-love and spirituality are one, which is why I put them on the same step, although people don't uh, often think of them as being together. I'm in but, agreement with you on that. So yeah, so um, an E is envision a transformed life and take action because whenever we heal from something, it's an opportunity to take our life in a new direction. And my book goes into a lot of detail of how that all fits together. I love it. I think it's awesome. So BC Nation, I like those four steps. Um, and they really speak to uh, what you can do with your own human strength. And I've done these exact steps. Uh, maybe it wasn't in that you know, order or anything like that because I hadn't read your book yet. But uh, you know, I've done them in my own life to heal through a lot of human trauma. However, I, again, I ran out and, and I put God at the, the center of it all and really just asked him to go in and heal the areas of brokenness that I couldn't even identify yet or blind spots that nobody had shown me yet because there's more. And then you know this you know, uh, as well, Allison, is that once you start opening up those dark areas, there's like 10 more underneath. And then you're like, are you kidding? I just got through that one. And then there's like, God allows you to see, wait, there's more. And, and I really want you to heal everything. So it's a whole process, BC Nation. Just know that. But you got to take that first step 
or the first four steps, as Allison saying in her book. Allison, uh, welcome to my favorite part of the show. This is called the confession round. Okay, for all us broken Catholics out there, including yourself. Uh, I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Allison, what's your favorite thing about God? That he's all loving and all powerful. Amen, girl. What's your least favorite thing? Well, sometimes he brings things on my path that I don't understand. And then I have to decide, do I try to understand this or do I just trust? <laughs> yeah. And I think, have you tried to understand it and you end up running out? Because I know I've done that. It's like God's ways are not my ways. And like, don't even try to understand it because it's like an ant on the floor crawling down, looking up at me and trying to understand all the complexities of me. Like it's an yeah. impossible situation. Is it about exactly. the same? Okay, got yeah. it. Cool. All right. Uh, what are you most afraid of? So I believe in divine order. So I'm really not afraid of hardly anything anymore. However, I do have my moments, as I mentioned before. You know, I have my moments where I have to deal with something that's coming up and I have to talk myself out of, you know, whatever that, you know, negative mindset is, which I'm able to do pretty quickly. Although one thing that does come up for me a lot when I'm doing a big new project is what I call resistance. I think you're, some part of us wants to resist and your subconscious can be very sneaky. Some people call it subconscious, ego, the devil, the enemy, whatever you wanna call it. And things can pop up on you. And it's about knowing how to deal with those things. You know, for me, one of the things that comes up for me when I'm stressed is sleep. I have a tendency to not want to sleep. Mm. So um, dealing with little things like that. However, I think that's pretty small um, in comparison to the way I was before I had a spiritual shift. Got that. I think I have the opposite of you. When I'm highly stressed, I want to sleep more. <laughs> it's a a lot of people do. Yeah, but it's like a coping mechanism. It's like it's escapism. It's like you just want to escape the reality of like, go face the ugly and walk through the, 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 the difficult, right? What I say, walk through the suck, right? Yeah. And, and when you're going to take on something big that can like open up new possibilities in your life, first, you got to walk through the suck. Just mm -hmm. what so. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? I stayed in a relationship way too long. Got I was it. with... And I was with someone for five years and it was probably clear around year three that it wasn't going to work. <laughs> okay. Got it. Yes. We have that procrastination thing, don't we? All right. What secret fear do you have about people or about yourself? I generally trust people and I trust, I trust God. I trust divine order. And I just, I think the biggest challenge is just unconditionally trusting mm. and I've gotten much better at that. Good job. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? That everything is always okay. That he's always with me and that everything's always okay, even if it doesn't look okay according to my mortal eyes. <laughs> well said, my mortal <laughs> eyes. What's a, new, what's a new habit you want to form? Becoming a vegetarian. Got it. Okay. What's a bad habit you want to break? Eating meat. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. I was just in my head. I'm like, don't say eating meat. <laughs> That's so hilarious. Um, pick three words to describe who you are now. Loving, open-minded, and brave. I get that about you. Yeah. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your life. Sad, mm. lost, and confused. Mm. So many people in that place right now, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, big time. I think that's why you're doing the work you're doing. It's awesome. Absolutely. I love it. I think God's working through you, girl. Mm -hmm. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye, give them only one piece of advice. What would you say to them? Stop being afraid and live life at a high level. Trust that everything is going to be okay. Take risks and just trust in the highest good. It's like a pep talk right there. Oh, girl. That was awesome. All right, cool. And Allison, uh, tell us about your book and where to find it. Um, I believe it's a free download or something like that. I don't know. You tell me. Yep. You can get a free copy of the ebook at thegriefcurebook.com. And it's Grief Cure, C-U-R-E. A lot of people think it's care, but it's cure. The grief cure, as in it's a solution. Yeah, we healing. don't want to care for the grief. We want to cure it up and uproot that crap. Exactly. So thegriefcurebook.com, you can get a free copy and download there. Awesome. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not? To just trust, you know, um, you're never separate from your divine creator. And to always remember that, I think all of our problems start when we're forgetting. I agree. When we forget our identity, that we're sons and daughters of the creator, that's when everything gets all yucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. And what's the best way for a BC Nation to get in touch with you if they so choose? Um, you can email me, which is Allison, A-L-Y-S-O-N, at ParadigmShiftRI.com. Awesome. BC Nation. Do you love listening to this show? You love guests like Allison? She's bringing like different perspectives. She's showing up real and authentic. She's sharing some of her mess, right? We all have mess in our life. It's the human condition. You got it. I got it. The more you share it, the more light is shown on the darkness and the darkness loses power. That's the key. Like mm -hmm. to share it, right? And get it out there. So if you love hearing guests like Allison on the show, go to iTunes right now and subscribe if you haven't yet and write a five-star review. Write it about Allison. <laughs> Seriously, write something you learned, you know, something she brought or contributed to your life that you're actually going to apply. Go do that now. Allison, thank you for being on Broken Catholic today. It was an honor. You're graceful in your conversation. And I really like what you're up to in the world. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Have a blessed day. God bless. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. 
If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.